0: Our household Christmas decorations are up, which gives me the opportunity to bask in holiday glory while also silently outshining my neighbors with my Christmas spirit. Now, I do it just to give myself real Christmas joy because that's how I was raised. But at the same time, there's a bit of religious spirit in my heart, both for Christ and the day he was born, but also a testament to Christmas's past before the holiday was even celebrated because rumor has it this year, If you unplug your Christmas lights on December 2nd, they'll shine through till December 10th without you even having to plug them in again. But alas, once that time passes, you'll need to hook back up to the grid to show off that spirit. Today, though, I want to talk about Christmas movies, carols, and sweets as we trim the tree by joshing around. In addition to the lights and wreaths and bric-a-brac, we've begun enjoying holiday movies as a family. Christmas vacation is a staple... The four-year-old loves what she calls the grunge who stole Christmas. While I've been enjoying love, actually, though actually, the older kids have me more in a Scrooge type of mood. When it comes to cameos in movies of Christmas past, I gotta be honest, I often confuse Benicio Del Toro and Buster Poindexter, who himself looks an awful lot like proto-punk rocker David Johansson. Scrooged, of course, is Bill Murray's retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. While I think the Muppets did it best... Overall, I'm not a Dickens fan. His words, as they flow off the page one after another, seem to be overall too descriptive for me. Dickens novels, most of which were serialized in magazines, were sent to America on ships, in part. That means you'd read what you enjoyed and get to the end and it would just hang over a cliff, and you'd have to run back to the docks waiting for the next edition to be shipped. Latter-day Netflix subscribers might be relatedly envious of those who hadn't yet started a Dickens story to become current, because they could partake in the glorious activity of binge reading. When you're a kid and the holiday weekend comes, you can't wait to get out of school. When you're a parent and you have kids, you can't believe they're still out of school. Towards the end of the long Thanksgiving weekend, I noticed inside my refrigerator there was a glob of gravy on the side of it. Now, I wasn't sure if one of the kids had done this, because of course all kids are slobs, or if instead maybe my wife had smeared it there, planting what I like to call a bomb. (laughs) I cleaned it up real fast. Not knowing how long it had been there, I certainly didn't want to add any more minutes to what could have been days before I got off my duff and actually wiped that glob of gravy away. Husbands, beware. The highlight of my long weekend was attending an event called Friendsgiving, hosted by a Colombian and a New Zealander who opened their home to all of those they hold dear. We played cornhole and oversized Jenga while enjoying Mexican soda, ratatouille, and smoked turkeys. It was a perfect evening, even though I nearly had to fight a bunch of contemporary Christians when they hit my wife with a beanbag while she was explaining the concept of a black movie dance line. By no means am I taking shots at contemporary Christians. If anything, I'm jealous. I'm not that old, but when I first started going to Catholic Church, Mass was still in Latin. Even after the transition, I've always had old Irish priests, all of whom touched me, spiritually, from a distance. And I think that's the way I like it. Because while my contemporary friends in Christ were inviting me to watch Captain Phillips on Sunday and talk about how all of our souls have been hijacked from time to time... I'm happier going to a Catholic Mass that's exactly 55 minutes, kneeling a few times, getting a snack, having some wine, and then getting on my way and enjoying my Sunday. You know, Catholic Mass as a whole is transactional, yet at the same time, it's very resonant. Christmas carols can be curtailed into two categories. Those solemn hymns extolling the true reason for the season and then neo-Christmas gibberish about flying reindeers or questions about what have we done. When it comes to the subject of one of those silly songs, I think it's time we speak seriously about smoking cessation for snowmen. A corncob pipe and a button nose, two eyes made out of coal. Is this your grandfather's snowman? Seriously, Frosty, must you condemn the entire planet to climate change just so that you can see? As for that pipe, I want to know what's in it, because it seems as soon as you place it in his hand... Yesterday after school, my daughter and I made Christmas cookies for the teachers while also filming a how-to video for the PTO's movie night. In the movie, I'm the butt of the joke. So I guess it was just like every day, just with better lighting. Cookies aside, today we remember Harvey Milk, America's first openly gay politician who was elected to San Francisco's Board of Supervisors before being assassinated 40 years ago today. The assassination came about when another member of the Board of Supervisors, Dan White, resigned his post, then a few days later asked Mayor Moscone to reinstate him. Mayor Moscone initially agreed, however, further consideration and intervention by other supervisors, namely Supervisor Milk, convinced Moscone to appoint someone more in line with the growing ethnic diversity of White's district and the liberal leanings of the Board of Supervisors. On the day that Mayor Moscone planned to announce White's replacement, White broke into the mayor's office, shot Moscone in the shoulder and the chest, then twice in the head, then quickly walked to his former office, reloading his police-issued revolver with hollow-point bullets along the way and intercepting Milk, asking him to step inside for a moment. Diane Feinstein heard gunshots and called police, then found Milk face down on the floor, shot five times, including twice in the head. Dan White was convicted of manslaughter after invoking what's known as a Twinkie defense. It was stated that he had entered a depression, and that was proven by the fact that he wasn't eating anything but Twinkies. Some thought that maybe it was the Twinkies that led him to shoot the mayor and supervisor Milk. But alas, I suppose we'll never know. I don't want to startle anyone, because with all the talk of the holidays, I'm sure you're like, whoa, Josh, slow your roll. But there's less than a week before we're in the last month of the year. Normally, I'd be panicking, thinking another year's gone by, and what do I have to show for it? Sure, my kids are a little taller, and I'm probably a little shorter. But other than that, it's nothing more than money spent. This year, however, that's just not true. Now I've got a little over 200 episodes of a fake internet radio show to prove my efforts for the year weren't wasted. Thank you for listening, though. Because otherwise, this is just the rantings of a lunatic recorded for posterity. With that said, Christmas is right around the corner, and while I know you don't have a whole lot of money, I'm sure what little you do have, you're going to spend on yourself. Which is fine, because your mom doesn't want a real gift. All she really wants is for you to stop arguing with her. So make your mom the reason for the season, and truly cherish the gift that keeps on giving. And with that, go in peace to await new media. Hang your lights, grab your candles, and scrub the fridge in preparation for the most wonderful time of the year. Run like the Dickens to your local sanctuary, but pray you beat the holiday rush. Even if you are low on funds, that doesn't mean your Christmas need be cratchit. Instead, spread thanks and be rewarded with joy. As we end the show, I ask you not to cry, for just like that smoking snowman, I'll be back again someday with more Joshin' Around. <laughs>